0: Hey, it's your girl kim and welcome back to my podcast today i have very very special people joining me today my best friends in the entire world i have panache hello and i have angela hi um so i wanted to start off by giving a little bit of context um we have been friends i think since grade six properly which is how long ago god damn twelve. 2012 So eleven years ago. Yeah, that's a long time. You see, she's the one that's good at math. Yeah, (laughs) because I was like, how many years is that? Um, but yeah, so we have been friends, and we are still very close, despite the fact that we are now in our twenties, in our early twenties to be exact. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to have them here today, so that we can speak about how our friendship has evolved, and I do believe that having friends is also quite important in life. So yeah, that's why they're here. Anyway, we are moving on to the first topic so the first topic on our agenda today is friendship together um and as we've been friends for 12 is it 11 or 12 i forgot 11, 11 sorry sorry Math is not my thing um 12 11 years um is how our friendship has changed over time and how you know it functions despite the fact that we do not live in the same cities or countries so i wanted to ask angela first how do you think our friendship has
1: evolved okay for starters, for me, in this whole long distance thing, for me, I was at a different high school than Kibuye and Tanache so already I had become accustomed to the whole short, uh, short, long distance.
0: We lived in the same city, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, so for me, it was like already not a lone wolf, but I had that sort of like independence from them. So it was like I was already creating the effort when I was in Zim. So now it was easier for me, even when I went to study abroad um, in Italy, and they were in the Netherlands.
0: And Panna, what what has evolved?
1: I think that
2: 100% because one, we grew up, but also because we moved away, we had to start putting more effort into our friendship and being a lot more intentional about Mm -hmm. it than we were when we were younger. I think that once we moved, like we made more effort to have regular calls, uh, just to keep up with each other in a way that I don't think we always made effort necessarily to see each other. Well, yeah, I think it was easier.
0: It was easier. Yeah, it
2: wasn't about making effort, So we had to become more intentional in that way. And then I think with Kim, because we went to school together and saw each other every day, it was also that adjusting of like, it's friendship, you have to try. But like, when you are in the same environment all the time, you don't have to because the environment fosters a friendship for you. Mm-hmm. And so once you've left, you do have to make that effort. So I think that was the difference in like that individual relationship that changed. Unlike with Angela, where the
1: effort always had to be made in order for us to keep each other looped yeah. in in each other's lives. How? Oh. Yeah. What did you want to yeah, say? Yeah, I was going to say. However, uh, I know we're discussing this the other day that people have different friendship styles. High yes. maintenance, low
0: maintenance. I actually did an episode on this, but anyway. <laughs> um but yeah um for me i feel like so i think i'm the more needy one in this friendship and i'm not needy with all my friends but i think it's because we've been friends for such a long time so it was kind of hard to adjust to that um but i think i did make it because at first we were making effort but then i think it got to a stage where everyone was busy everyone was doing their own lives and stuff like that but for me i was just like yo we kind of still have to keep this going you know because it's i I need attention basically not all the time but like once every week or two weeks then i'm good then i'm like okay cool like you know that's fine um but that's just how i work so i i think i just had to voice my opinion more or just voice how i feel about certain things but i do feel like as we've grown up it becomes more clear to me that this friendship is something that will most likely be a lifetime thing um because we have survived so many struggles we have had good times bad times boring times um so yeah i i think that's it's really special to me and it's something that i hold close and dear to my heart um angela said the other day that we're her constants, um and yeah i do feel like that because i move in the world knowing that at least i know besides my family there is two people who back me always and to be it you guys are like families now so it's like yeah but you know what i mean so i think for me it's evolved as life should evolve hasn't been always easy but that's okay too as long as you make sure that you want to go through it together and fix it together so that's what it's like for like what that's what it's been for me um the second question i would like to start with panache first is what's so special about our friendship to you like why haven't we been kicked to the side yet you know blocked deleted you know
2: that kind of stuff. <laughs> i think what's special about this friendship, and I think I mentioned it at some point when we were having one of these discussions about our friendship, is that I feel as though, aside from other things, but I'll start with this thing, is that you guys have context, context that no one who enters my life now or ever will ever have. Because you've known me, I could recall certain aspects of my life to people, but you guys were, were there for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that's one thing that makes it really special. And I think the other big thing is how much we've been through together. Like we have been through a lot. And like to emphasize what Kim was saying, it's not been sunshine and rainbows every single day of this friendship. Like there have been times when, you know, it was quiet, it was dead, you know, like things were just not going as smoothly as one would like. And we still made it out of that. And I think that that was a show of like how much each and every single one of us in this friendship wanted the friendship to work. Mm -hmm. And I think if, unless all of you wanted to work and all of you are willing to Mm -hmm. make adjustments, like for me, for example, I think Kim was the one person I text the most regularly because she's expressed, (laughs) she's expressed that need for our friendship to work, you know, and I'm not like very good at the whole texting thing, but it's making those adjustments in order to you know, make things work. So I think that's what makes it special is that all of us want this friendship to work and we do what we need to do in order to do that.
1: I get that. Yeah. Um, Angie? Um, I think for me, the fact that you guys have been there at the most crucial and vital parts of my life. And I think that's for most, for most people, it's when you're in high school, when you're still discovering yourself. Yes, your twenties, when you're um, in uni and trying to figure it out, it's, there's a lot that comes up. However, I feel like
0: you feel like what? Say it. Just say it.
1: <laughs> I feel like the, the you, you guys were there at the crucial times. And now, like, for me, now that I'm getting older, it's, I'm getting more lazy when it comes to <laughs> explaining to people who I am because you guys already know. I so it's it. kind of like i already its just like i'm reassured and there's a sense of security because i know you're going to be there in the future no matter what mm-hmm. and you already set that foundation whereas with people who come now it's very hard to set up a strong foundation within a matter of three years when you guys have been here for 11.
0: yeah yeah i know i get that yeah. um in terms of my opinion i just want to touch on what panache and angela both said is the fact that we've been through hard times and good times. And this is not just in the context of the of the friendship. But we do live in a country that goes through a lot of economic struggles, and everyone feels it at some certain certain point in time, whether you're upper class, middle class, lowest class, whatever. And I feel like because our friendship was not made off of what friendships in Zim are usually made off of. It was not made off of like money or how good you look or how popular you are, because we live in a very close community. So everyone knows each other. So it's like, I'm just trying to up the one person. I felt like our friendship was very genuine and it's one that I could rely on. It was one that included partying. It's one that includes laughing. It's one that includes like deep chats about life and you know, how you see things and how you see people and how you experience that. And I think it's so important to have people that understand you as a whole, rather than different parts of you. And I'm not saying that it's okay. If you have like, you know, that one party friend or that you know, not a therapy friend, cause that's not fair, but a, <laughs> a person that you can, you know, like talk to, and not it be like a different person the entire time because hey everyone's gonna know your business i'm just saying but yeah like it's just it's been a friendship for me that gives me strength and i know that there are people who love me and when i ask them about something they mean it from the bottom of their hearts it's not just like oh i'm gonna say this so it fucks her up you know (laughs) those kinds of things i also have trust issues with friends so that's why i am so not with you guys but like with other people especially during high school um but yeah that's why i really do treasure the friendship so much um so yeah thank you for your answers the third question i don't know this one is a little bit you know i had to do my thing but anyway has anything about our friendship made it easier or harder to make other friends
1: Mm.
0: or just in other friendships anyone can go first
2: (laughs) I can start to answer that while I I think, and maybe if others speak, then maybe I can add to it. But I think that this friendship taught me to manage my expectations with other friends. Mm -hmm. Because I think one thing I realised quite early on, especially like right after I got to uni, and I was like, because my first year, year and a half of uni was really difficult, struggled to make friends, all of that. I think I realised that I can't seek the friendship that I have with these two, um, in other people, right, and not Damn. to say I'm not open.
0: Down, <laughs>
2: okay. And it's not to say I'm not open to people coming into my life and having a special place in my life, and me having a good friend. But I can't expect that of the fr- of all the friends that I make while I'm like going forward, right? Yeah. And so, as a result of that, I I think that that lesson that I learned from all of that was. Um, was managing my expectations of like when I start like building a friendship with someone, um, I can't. Sometimes I feel like this friendship is an unrealistic goal to set, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> and again, I'm emphasizing that I'm not saying that I'm 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 not open to you know new close friends coming into my yeah. life, but it's just that like when you have the friendship that we have and have had all these years, you you just can't expect that
1: from someone
0: you've known for two seconds yeah yeah that's
1: fair um angie yeah i think for me as well this whole concept of like because you guys are my friends in terms of every little different aspect so now i have friends who cover just a specific aspect and that's okay so it's not like i'm categorizing my friends but it's like they don't give me the whole package but they only touch a specific part of my life whereas you guys touch my whole
0: life yeah you know but that's okay i feel like there's so many people that come into your life that that's 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 normal like not everyone's gonna tick all your boxes you know um for me i think (laughs) let me see what i think um (laughs) i think for me it's made it harder in the sense that i find myself comparing a lot of the people that i meet to you guys and i do this now less so because as panache said like you need to manage your expectations but i think it's about finding how you can connect with people outside of your core friendship group. And you can allow other people to be close to you. I do think though I may have been a little bit too ecstatic or excited, because I let some bad people in and but that's, <laughs> that's cool. but like, you know, like, I don't like being naive. And like, you know, when someone you think someone is like this, and obviously it takes time to realize who they are. But some people just show you like six seconds, and you're done. And, and you're know. like, the fuck? You're like, how did I even think of that? You know, So for me it's about managing my expectations my boundaries as well how close i allow people into my life and i'm very guarded not only because of experiencing such a good friendship but because i've also been in such a bad situation i've spoken about this before in my podcast like during the end of high school yeah that was a horrible situation but i feel like you know not everyone is gonna be like that but i do still have my guard up a little bit so a lot. <laughs> um so yeah but i do feel like i do have a few people that i've let into my life that i'm so grateful that they are yeah. in my life they add to my life because i'm not gonna lie sometimes it's really hard because i don't have pana or andrew just there, like hey let's go get a cup of coffee or hey let's go do this so it's like i also have to bridge outside of what i'm used to or bridge the gap whatever between maybe our little bubble and reality um so yeah, that's, I think that's been the most challenging thing, but I'm so grateful to have this because I feel like it sets me on not like the right, yeah, the right foundation, like, because I don't expect that much from people anymore. Yeah. I think it makes it easier to, form more easier going friendships with the, like, with the expectation that, like, it may not last long, yeah. but hey, it's here for the moment, right? So I'm um, enjoy that shit. So especially like with uni, like there's a few friends I'm like, yeah, no, these are my girls. <laughs> but then there's some people who's like, maybe this is just for now, and it's good. We enjoy each other. We can speak whatever, you know. So yeah, I think that's the main thing. um Is there anything else that you guys wanted to add, or y'all want to skip to the next section? Okay, let's go to the next okay, section. okay. They want they want to skip. Let's go to the next. <laughs> okay so the third topic oh gosh it's the second topic my bad is romantic relationships
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) the way these
0: guys just looked at me anyway so how has your experience been dating abroad
1: um i mean like there's a lot of topics around that um however i would like to say that dating abroad led me to falling in love for the first time. I've oh. <laughs> meeting my first love. Unfortunately it didn't work out, but I would say that was a very pivot pivotal. 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 Pivotal experience. Pivotal. Pivotal. <laughs> <laughs> but see, yeah. And it's shaped who I am now in my outlook on relationships and um just who I am when it comes to love.
0: Love is a beautiful thing. Is it? Yo. Okay. Okay. Uh, Moving on. Panache, how has your experience been dating abroad? I'm very, Um, very curious. (laughs) Um, so for me,
2: I was in high school as someone who never really dated.
0: She had a situationships though. Sorry. Why are you
2: putting my stuff (laughs) out there? Like, but I I still never really dated in high school. Um, and the same went for in university like the first couple of years but then this year I was like okay you're like 22 now you need to enter like your dating girl era um I thought well I hoped I'd be a girlie who went on many casual dates Mm -hmm. uh kept it chill got to know people however the first date I went on this year ended up in a three four month thing (laughs) um and afterwards yeah not much. Has been going it just on. kind of fizzled
0: out. It just, it, it, okay, and like how, like, what did that experience teach you going into the next one? And, you know, I think I learned a lot
2: about myself. I learned, I learned a lot about myself. I learned um, what, how I am yeah. in these situations, even though it wasn't like a proper relationship. or You can always like, get a lesson out of loud something. Loud or, I didn't, none of that happened. But i still was i am now more conscious of what i want
1: and how i am in these situations can i ask a question to those who have been in relationships for a very long time? <laughs> uh, how come okay no one ever told us because you've you've been always been a, been a relationship person
0: i that doesn't mean i'm a serial data no, no, no. i'm just saying that
1: but she never told us we've never really been in the game that being in a relationship is a whole thing you need to understand
0: yeah but like what
1: in terms of like the dynamic, what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do. I don't know. I, I, like, <laughs>
0: I don't think I'm there's, supposed. I don't think there's rules necessarily, but I feel like, so I'm a person, I have been in, I think I would like to say two relationships in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest are flings guys, it's not real. Um, and in uh, I'm in my third relationship now, which is the most serious one and the most adult one relationships are a lot of hard work it's yeah. a lot of compromising but i felt like my youth relationships very very youthful um that was always a little bit hard because obviously you're not on the same wavelength you're still young you don't really know how to go about things yeah. um in zim or the Miz, there's always people in your business like hella all the time yeah. um but yeah it is it is very different functioning i yeah. think but for me i don't like how can i say this without sounding weird
1: there's you know (laughs) weird (laughs) babes
0: i just feel like i don't think i change necessarily when i'm in a relationship it's just like yeah i'm with someone and maybe sometimes i have to do more stuff with them and less stuff with my friends but also i do feel like i'm not that kind of girl that's like oh my gosh it's gonna be my man over my my girls any day (laughs) you know like i i'm not that kind of person because i'm like yo what if you know things happen with him who the fuck am i gonna cry to if i've pushed all my friends away and i understand like having a little bit of time whatever, whatever to yourself and your man but like those are still your friends so yeah i don't i don't think i've changed that much
1: being in a relationship no, I don't think
0: so. so okay that's good that's good um but my experience dating abroad um it was fun the first year i had so much fun i mean i'm still having fun with one person but um yeah it's been fun because i felt like people didn't necessarily care, like, not who you were. But I feel like in Zim, we have this thing about like, you need to be a baddie, you need to be like this, like that. And everyone's yeah, and everyone's like business and things like that. Um, So yeah, that was a real change. And I love that. Also, It's so different from dating in high school where you live with your parents and your parents aren't necessarily supposed to know like my mom always knew because you know she tries to foster an open relationship an honest relationship which it is i don't know why i'm saying it sarcastically but yeah um and then dating in you know my own space and figuring that out and making sure that you're safe making sure that you share your location with your friends like all these precautions that you do have to take into consideration when you are alone basically um but yeah i want to get into the more controversial shit because you know that's a part of who i am um but i wanted to ask you guys zim boys or the guys abroad which one do you pick personally (laughs) this is angela speaking by the way
1: Zim men stay away from me (laughs) i mean to be fair in zim when i was here when people did take me on if they don't
0: even date at the I think in Zim you had the most dates out of everyone because mm-hmm. some of us didn't get even shit like someone wouldn't even pay the movies for you no but like the whole like art thing the whole like people actually put effort for you I think okay
1: true
0: true because some of us we had to pay for them no i
1: was- I would say that with Zim men, it's a whole different dynamic because I don't know, there's just this whole struggle culture and like Zim men chase you by, but they do it by making you laugh but not actually doing anything for you, like making you feel comfortable and secure in the relationship. Whereas when you're abroad, I think also now because we're older, it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. But when I was abroad, like because obviously there's different places to go, different things to do. And um the, there's the guys have more opportunities to take a girl out mm. for example so I went on lots of dates and everything um I didn't fall in love for quite a while but
0: not everything is about love Angela
1: so what it, What are relationships for I was just joking <laughs> but yeah I think it's just different from Zen guys because also they're a bit stingy um yeah amen
0: to that louder for the people in the back who did not hear that um and Panna. Zimboys or <laughs> Nederlander, mana, <laughs> which means Dutchmen in in Dutch, I think.
2: <laughs> so I had this thing where I really wanted to be with a Zimbabwean.
0: She really this, did,
2: like in the sense that it's someone who you can like, you know, they just understand. You can speak Shona together. Ooh. The humor's the same, you know in terms of cultural stuff you're just on the same page because you understand how everything goes so i thought like you know that's like the more ideal way to to do it however zimbabwean guys like these girlies around me have been saying um yana so i think that being abroad i think i've found that guys out there really do make more effort and all around if you find good ones are also willing to understand you and where you come from and the cultural stuff we're not curious about that and i think it's also nice to kind of share these different aspects and it's not like a new thing you know because it's something that we're so used to
0: yeah um so if you know me personally you know my answer already um i love the whole dating experience abroad i know it's different for everyone um but for me, I felt like the relationships that I experienced, I felt like I was like, they made me more insecure about myself than secure. Like, I always felt like I was, you know, not skinny enough, not pretty enough, not rich enough, all these things. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I was talking about this with my mom the other day. And I felt like no risk, no disrespect to the people I'm going to speak about, but I don't think the people I'm speaking about listen to this shit anyways. Um, but I always felt like I didn't respect them because I think they only saw like my body and my face, but don't like, they didn't understand me as a person like intellectually. So I always felt like, okay, yeah, they think I'm cute. I'm pretty. Yeah. We can have a conversation. But like when you actually deep shit, you're like, bro, like I no, like this is, this is not for me. Um, i also find that i don't think Zimboys boys are serious they love to play a game because i think there's always more girls than guys in you know yeah. the game or whatever um so i always felt like i don't know they just love to string you along as long as possible you know and i'm sure you guys can all relate to this because yeah and i'm not i'm not, I'm not about that shit not i'm so sorry ex- um <laughs> the difference with the guys abroad is that i feel like they try more yeah. um i've always been a person like i don't I didn't necessarily limit myself to like one race, one culture, anything like that. Like I'm down to try anything or just as you long as I, I was, were, was yeah, yeah. Down to try <laughs> anything. Sorry. The English was not making sense. Um, but yeah, like even with my current partner, he is not Zimbabwean. Um, he is not black. So that has been an, an interesting experience, but I don't think it's an experience that I have been unprepared for because for me, it's not, cause I feel like I'm not going to lie. And this is to all my Zim ladies out there. I'm so sorry if you feel like I'm attacking you. But if this speaks to you, maybe you need to listen. I feel like we are always so bonded in the whole fact. Like, oh my gosh, I need to be with a Zim guy. Even if I'm abroad, I need to be with a Zim guy. I need to be with this, this, this. And some people may even turn that up to like, no, I like you can prefer being with a Black guy. But if you want to, it's kind of like, why would you die in the name of struggle? True. We have always been told... You know murora, all those kinds of things like if he cheats you know a guy's got to do it a guy's gonna do whatever whatever and i'm not about that i feel like there's so many people in the world like you deserve to be treated right there will be a person that treats you right but if you keep yourself locked up in a certain you know, mindset, I feel like that's going to be to the detriment of you. So I think for me, I don't know. I prefer guys abroad because they're more serious. Like I actually watched a TikTok the other day and the South African girl was basically saying like, yo, white people, what do you guys put in your, you know, mushonga? <laughs> exactly. because your relationships seem to last. So they seem so to long. work, you know, all, the, yeah. all those kinds of things. And I just think like, I feel like with Zimbabweans, particularly the a black African community, um, I don't know. I just feel like the girls, because of also patriarchy and all these kinds of Mm -hmm. things like that, the girls are not treated the way that they're supposed to, and they are treated less than because I feel like in Zim, women are treated as second class citizens. Mm -hmm. It may not be as obvious, but the way that men treat you or the way that men feel like they have a right to your body or to, Mm -hmm. you know, to your attention, you know, just because they are a man, um, or a boy, i I just i just don't fuck with it like i want to be in a space where i am respected i'm your team partner like yes i'ma pull that that feminist shit like you know you can pay 60 i'll pay 40 but yeah that's that's kind of my thing like yeah you need respect i
2: i also think that it comes like what you're saying i think it comes down to the relationships that are modeled for us yeah you know and i think that especially with them, or let me say, especially in the community that we were raised in, there is a huge cult mentality when it comes to how you treat women. Like by the time, when, by the time you hit form one, you've got upper sixes. Like, dude, let me show you the game. Let me show you how it works. And it's very unhealthy. And by the time these little kids are like 13, 14, they're already like in the game and like, you know, already modeling all of these, like very toxic and negative traits within relationships and by the time they're adults how do you just undo like yeah all of this stuff yeah. so it, it is a very like difficult thing to navigate because while well, i don't doubt that there are good zimbabwean men out there they, but are. they are more the exception to the rule, the rule yes itself. yeah so mm-hmm you really have to be careful and i think this.
0: it also takes a lot of deconstructing for them so maybe by the time they're 30 they're ready and they're good like people not that they were bad people like they're ready to date in a healthy manner but yo i am i am i'm not gonna wait until you're fucking 30 for you to treat me right like fuck that shit. but yeah continue
1: yeah i was gonna say that one thing that i noticed about the men i think also women as well is that people prioritize marriage but mm. not love Mm. ding ding
0: ding 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 i know so many cousins who have been divorced because all they wanted was a wedding exactly. and the marriage and the name and shit doesn't last after no matter you have kids or not but anyway continue. And i
1: think zim men in general they don't understand love but they know exactly what they need to do to marry a woman they yeah. know what's expected of them but when it comes to anything romantic or emotional zim men are at the bottom of the... and i think i was watching something or listening to something
2: recently where this woman was talking about how marriage especially from a woman's perspective in zim is a social currency like yeah. To yeah. Be able to say my husband <laughs> <laughs> takes you so much further than not having one or being a single woman like later or that's later a very valid point and, yeah. that's and a so very you find point. that women settle for guys who are nonsense because of that social currency because of the yeah because of being able to say like this is yeah this yeah. is my dude this is my you husband know, I more feel like
0: particular. I think that is more evidence of how patriarchal our current our current I was supposed to say currency our country <laughs> is um just like I think about that like oh my dad I have to say my dad my dad my dad and don't yeah. me places but what about my mom because my mom is such a phenomenal woman exactly. like all the shit that she's done um but yeah the whole social currency thing like I never ever want to settle and I believe like with love that is the one place that you shouldn't settle because you have to be with that person all the time you have to you know okay. have the after effects of all the shit that they do whether it's good or bad shit you know um but yeah I don't know I just feel like for me the guys abroad are more not serious per se because some people do still want to play and I feel like the dating game is a lot yeah. different there but
1: can I ask what do you mean by guys abroad? do you mean people from Europe
0: okay i have the country that i have lived in thank you for clarifying that the country that i have lived in which is the netherlands so european dating um the game is a lot different but for me i just feel like if they like you and they want to do it they're gonna go all the motherfucking way they're not gonna you know try be mean try make you work for it do all that kind of shit so that's i think that's the difference and i just i don't want to play a game i'm too old to be playing a game and i'm not old i'm like 23 but still like for my time to be wasted nabi fuck you and i think i'm so grateful for the relationships that i have had with you know my zim people i'm not saying all Zim men are bad like i don't want this to be like zim men slander no i just feel that my past experience, I'm grateful for them, even if they weren't the best, they were good and they were bad, mostly bad. Um, but I think they prepared me to look for the red flags in men so that I won't tolerate the shit that I used to tolerate. tolerate. So now I can, if someone is like not really there, but just wants to play a game, I'm like, no, fuck you moving on to the next, because there's so many options there. I think that's what men don't want us to know is that we have options. Yeah. Most of the time they're like, no, you have to be with me. Others are going to be like some lone, like old, you know, lady, whatever, whatever. And it's like, okay
2: but also what's wrong with being alone like why you know yeah,
0: yeah you can be alone you don't have to be lonely that's the yeah. truth yeah True. there's so many things that can fill up your life but on to the next topic which i think really intersects with with this um i'm not saying that dating abroad is easier it may be easier for me yeah. but i do know the context of dating as a black woman is an added you know a thing to it like for me i'm black and i'm plus size so it's like figuring that out but i wanted to ask you guys and like your experiences like how do you feel dating as a black woman because it's not all positives yeah. there's you know positives and negatives to any situation
1: i know for me initially i think you guys noticed that typically i don't date outside of my race mm-hmm. but when i did move abroad i started looking outside my race and i did date people who you know Caucasus is not all white people but, I, <laughs> Caucasian.
0: but yeah no, but I'm saying
1: it doesn't matter so anyway um I did date a few white men but i just realized it's not for me and i still want to date within my race and within my continent um however the men who are from africa the men who are from africa who are abroad because they're the minority they are wanted more by the white women i actually read
0: about this in a book i'm gonna speak about my next podcast episode but like or the previous one actually but it's how for men sorry to interject for men particularly in let's say college or like university or just like just in general men can be fetishized by white women and they will take it in because then they are closer to the ideal and they know how to interchange between those things and be like no but yeah my girlfriend's white my friends are all white so i think it's really easy for guys like they don't mind being fetishized and i don't understand that i'm like you're not creeped out by the fact that this lady only wants your baby so she the baby can have curly hair
1: black men are the weakest men <laughs> but um yeah i just realized that even though we already have colorism back home but now now we're abroad and now in general i didn't feel beautiful because already white men don't want me like that it's either they fetishize me or um they don't want me at all and now the black men who i do want want the white girls or the mixed girls, they never want just the black girl, you know. And most of them saw me as their sister or something. I was ready put in a certain box. I was like, okay, that's fine. And then eventually I started being very picky about the men I allowed into my life. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm still dating within my race and
0: like That's fair. I think everyone is allowed to date who they want to date. Um but yeah, Pana, how is it dating as a black woman or it doesn't, you know
2: um I don't know if if I have dated enough to say to have like a solid opinion on this at times um, but I do feel as though especially outside of the outside of Africa in predominantly like white countries you mm-hmm. do find a lot of fetishization yeah. and as people who just see you as this exotic thing. And I think also the sexualization of black women doesn't help that at all, because then men often have this perspective of, yeah, just unhealthy perspectives that really reduce black women to, you know, either sexual objects or just this thing that they can try out once and, and discard off. So, um yeah i think that that experience as a black woman is not something you really see as much having grown up in zoom and it Mm -hmm. was and still is a bit of a shock to the system for sure
0: yeah um for me i think i do get being the whole being fetishized whatever um i think that i am more conscious of the situations that i go into i remember i had this one date and the guy was like talking about like basically african-american type stuff and i was like you know i'm not from there right like that's not the kind of black that i am am. you know like we are very very different um and i had to be conscious about that and after that i was like yeah no this is not you know one for me or just like oh my gosh i've never you know been with a black girl and i'm just like that's weird like no but i do feel like i wanted to kind of inter not interject, but to kind of touch on Angela's point a little bit. And just in contrast, when you said that you think that white men don't want you and the black men want white women, I agree with the fact that most of the times black men do want white women. um But I don't, I think it's a war that we already put up before we actually know what's there. Like, not everyone is going to be like, oh my gosh, my chocolate goddess, you know, all those <laughs> kind of things. You know, like, not everyone is going to do that. Like, I feel like, maybe from i I mean i can't talk from a white man's perspective but just thinking about it they are maybe shy that we will not accept their not their efforts but kind Mm -hmm. of like their approach you know and i just feel like if you and i'm not saying date outside of your race whatever that's for you to decide but for other people listening out there i don't think it's necessarily a given that white men won't like you or people outside of your race not just white men because there's all kinds of other men besides black men and white men um will like you i think it's just how open are you and how open are you to seeing this person as a person not just their race where they come from all these things like for me falling in love with my partner it's like i actually not that i didn't realize that he was white but for me, he was a person first,, yeah. and then he was white. I'm not saying that we do see color. we do have those conversations. Yeah. I'm never ever going to say that, but for me, it was like, yeah, like I was about the I was about the thingy, I was about you know getting to know him as a person first, but yeah, I think this is a great you know segue into our next conversation before we go on to the next topic. um Angela wanted to say a few things about what I had to say, so yeah.
1: Yeah, I know you mentioned how, like, um, white men already, like, scared that we won't accept them or their efforts, whatever, but what I've seen is that, for me, because I know we've had this conversation before, it's the fact that I, every day of my life, ever since I entered Europe, um, I saw my colour, I felt my colour, every day I'm reminded I'm black. So it's kind of like i don't want to be in a relationship where i'm thinking oh he's black i'm I'm black he's white you know Mm -hmm. so that's why i've sort of limited my um dating options to a specific race uh mainly because it's more comfortable more familiar and also like i feel like the chances of love for me Mm -hmm. are higher when i'm dating within my race
0: that's fair i think everyone like i said everyone is you know can have their own opinion um yeah even if you don't agree you have to accept that that's what someone wants for themselves yeah. i was just trying to say that if you have this stereotype or an uh, assumption yeah. about people because again we can talk about white people black people asian people whatever, whatever but you still don't know the person because it's a generalized thing um so yeah i just think that it's it's very different for everyone for me i think i've always just been like open to everyone my parents have like have not been like oh my gosh you only have to marry like a black Zimbabwean. no my parents are very very liberal they're very very cool so in that aspect i think i have been not groomed but i've been raised to see people and to appreciate people for who they are so yeah that's just what i wanted to add um moving on to the third question um how has your relationship with your family changed now that you have been away for a couple of years
1: um, I feel like I've definitely gotten closer to my parents uh, because I think I'm starting to have more of an in, more having a more independent um, nature, and like they're starting to have to let go of their because I'm the last child. They didn't go off their baby, so it's kind of like they're now starting to understand me more and trying to be in my life more, even though it's virtually and they don't have a sort of like hold on where I go, what yeah. I do. So they want to actually know where I am as a person. Just yeah. their child. Love that for you. I would also say that I got a lot closer with
2: my parents after leaving um, or just growing up in general. I think that it's become like more open and I think as you get older as well, they trust you with more information and more topics, at least minded. Um, And so it's been I, I think I had a chat, I, I had this conversation with them recently is that sometimes, like when I was younger, I didn't always perceive them as like people. Like, they were my parents. They, I, I didn't perceive them to have the complexity of like people, uh, like human beings, because sometimes your parents are just your parents. And I, I think I had them on like this pedestal of just being like, wow, you know. Um, but I think now that I, I, I'm i older, I can definitely, and I think they, with my parents as well, I think they tried to shield me from a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because I'm older now, I think I'm starting to see them and to attach the depth and complexity of just the human experience to them. And I think I'm also, um, and while they still do try to like shield me from a lot, um, I think that it's definitely like a a relationship where like, yeah, like we're human beings. And I'm also understanding that they're going through life for the first time too, you know, Mm -hmm. like some experiences they're also having for the first time. And maybe with me living so far away from home, they're probably things that I'm going to experience that they're just, not necessarily going to relate to sometimes because they didn't, you know, live that far away or, you know, things like that. So it's been interesting for sure.
0: That's such a beautiful thing. I think, um, with me and my parents, I feel like I've always been close to my parents. Um, but I do feel like for me what was hard was like when i first moved i was like oh my god these people are gonna forget about me da, 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 da. like when you're such a central part of the home i'm the only girl child so yeah it's it was like oh my gosh how are they gonna survive but obviously they did survive because you know they were there before you they'll be there after you you know kind of thing but i think it was it took me a longer time to accept that our relationship is going to be different and just me growing up i feel like my mom is more open to me growing up an idea i feel like my dad kind of still struggles with that but you know he's doing the best that he can and he still does you know accept my bold decisions that are not of you know our culture and things like that so that is something that i will always you know be grateful for the fact that they do support me even if they would not have done that themselves but i think with panache said it's like yeah you have to kind of realize that your parents are also people and they also make mistakes and they'll never be perfect and it's hard to apply them to this pedestal um when sometimes obviously as humans we all do fall short somewhere um so yeah just like taking the blows like or your expectations being disappointed or not met a little bit easier and just be like okay you know like it's okay whatever whatever. you know people are going through shit like you know it will come right at a point whatever, whatever um but yeah I do feel like I'm in a better space with my parents um right now what I'm currently struggling with is being an adult child and having the simulation of you know like I'm moving in with my boyfriend I live far away I've been living far away for three years almost four now like I'm planning my life things like that but at the end of the day I'm still on someone else's budget I'm not on my own budget Um, it's easier. Like it was easier when I had a part-time job, like I could do things for myself, go on vacation, things like that. But right now what I'm really struggling with is the fact that I am on someone's budget and it's not my money because if it was my money the when and where and how i would spend it would be so different um and i'm at a point now where like if i want to do something even if it's with my boyfriend i have to like show my parents like okay this is the budget and not that they'll have a say about necessarily what i want to buy or what i want to spend but it's very i don't know it's like kind of like invasion of privacy but it's not really because it's their money um but yeah it's just it's been an interesting period and like yeah i'm just i'm just still trying to you know get used to that but i also wanted to speak about how do you guys feel about being alone away from your family and how has that propelled you maybe to find your tribe in an essence because i feel like family is the people that you're born with but your tribe is the people that you
1: choose um, I think for me, because my tribe will and always be my family, I think that has really derailed or changed much because I've only gotten closer to my family and they're like my number ones. Obviously, you guys are my best friends and everything, but my family are very, very close to me and I go to them with all of my problems and even though I'm alone, I'm realising how important they are in my life and how people can't do certain things except for your family. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I get that. Connor?
2: Um, I think I got really lucky because I went to a city with a large Zimbabwean community. Yeah. And I think that just having those tastes and those experiences of home was so valuable. And I realize that now, um, especially like during COVID when we first went to uni, just like being able to sit around people who speak the same language and crack jokes and have, have context, you know. Um, being able to eat some sadza, have like a braai, you know, like it it was those little things that I really did appreciate um having Zimbabweans around me. But just beyond that, it's it's just, you know, like for example, when you're home, like you'll have meals with your family, just having meals with your friends. It just it's it's something. Yeah. Um and and that's kind of like value that I can't take away from that like friendship experience is that yeah, your, fam- your friends really do step into that role of, of family because you have to like look out for each other when yeah. you're out
0: there, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I feel like for me, finding my tribe has been, you know, not hard, but obviously there's some people that you get to know that you think like, yeah, and then obviously it doesn't work out. But I do, I will say that I feel like when I left, you know, uni, like my undergrad experience, the fact that I had people surround that, Were around me that i truly loved and respected who used to show up for me that was my biggest thing um i feel like because i had them they helped me with the day-to-day things that family usually does help you with um i think i've said this before i'll say it again in second year i had major anxiety i was too busy i was you know i had so much things going on and if it wasn't for um christina one of my other best friends and my boyfriend i would not have survived and if it wasn't for ray who always used to take on you know on me you know every single week he used to have like a a little hang sesh whatever um i don't think i would have survived because those people did show up for me and they were there for me and i was there for them and i feel like again i've said this before my podcast if you actually listen you will hear all of it um but as a human being you are not meant to be alone you are supposed to live and thrive in community no matter it doesn't mean that the community has to be so big but just having other people and that's something i really treasure about african culture and just about just humanity in general i feel like we are less individualistic and more community-based so everything's about you know my win is everyone's win or those kinds of things right And I love the fact that I had community to pull me through because I could have not have done this by myself. No, like, everything. I could not have done it by myself. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I was also going to just touch on that. Just, like, having a community that understands who you are and and helping you through everything. I remember my first year um, in Spain when I moved, um, I was the only Black girl, and no one got it. Yes, it was an international group, but no one got, like, the struggles I went through. Everyone thought I had my shit together, but I didn't um eventually i don't know if you guys also have these these african caribbean societies those are the societies that make you feel at home because you're around people who look like you Mm -hmm. who understand the corruption that goes on and they they understand certain things that um other people won't and i think it's essential to have um that community
0: yeah i think for me because i was reading a book and i don't want to spill too much because i have to you know post an episode about that is the fact that it's so nice to find community and people who understand you but there will be people that do not look like you but if they take the time to get to know you to get to love you to understand your experiences I think that also matters a lot so for me I'm just happy that I did find people who care about me and I care about them and you know I do feel safe and I'm not gonna lie I did go to Panache City a couple of times just to (laughs) just to feel like I was at home again or just to like you know hear my language again and just feel my people again and i have invited both chris and my partner um to these things so they can understand me more as a person and where i come from and how we behave and things like that so yeah i'm just grateful that i did have people that supported me and still do support me and i can't wait to see where those friendship goes like where those friendships go um but yeah we're gonna go on to the last topic so the last topic i think is the most important topic um how did your relationship with yourself change and i'm gonna you know try to be more specific about this one we're gonna start off with self-perception and i wanted I wanted to ask you how did your self-perception change you know living by yourself doing life by yourself you know i mean you're never alone but you know what i'm saying
2: i think that my first couple of years in uni were very pivotal in that i think there was a lot of unlearning that i had to do Cause i think that while i was in high school i attached a lot of my value and my self-worth and my self-perception to my academic performance Ooh. and i'd been as like i'd been in like an a student you know and then like by the end of high school not so much and then uni came and it was all struggles and it was a time it was difficult it was really like not easy and so when you have attached this certain value to yourself and you no longer live up to that value the way you perceive yourself is obviously going to change um i think it starts off at a place of okay so you know maybe i'm just a failure maybe i'm just all of these things but you then also have to take a step back at some point and realize that you are so much more complex and so much more yeah worthy and valuable of yeah. of of you know just existing and being yeah. alive than this thing that you attach your value to so i think that now i'm in a place where my self-perception is not attached to anything other than the fact that i am me you know yeah am giving myself the grace to change and be a, like you know just be a person make mistakes um but i i i did feel like i learned the hard way of what it means to attach very like tangible things to your self-worth and your self-perception because tangible things disappear as nothing lasts forever yeah so um
0: yeah i i wanna add on to that because i did have a recent not recent like it was a couple months ago but like a discussion or like an argument basically and i felt like again maybe it's because you guys have context to me as a person before and even the same way that we're raised i feel like in zimbabwe we are really it's like you have to be your sport your grades that's who you are that's how good you are you know that's how they choose prefix on so detaching the whole academic validation to me is still very very hard and i feel like some people don't understand that which is why i may have you know i don't want to say higher standards but i may have higher standards for myself you know i don't expect that out of everyone like the first thing that i when i went to uni that i learned is that, like yo people treat school differently i'm here (laughs) paying you know 10k other people are paying 2k like people actually don't care you know but for me because my parents were spending a lot of money and sending me abroad and it was you know really really important to them and to me and to our culture education is still very very much important to us um i am a second generation graduate so it's only my parents who have had like degrees first you know so for me excelling in something mean so much more so when i don't get there i become so frustrated with myself but like panache said it's understanding that you are a human being despite your achievements yeah. despite your failures you are still deserving of love deserving of happiness deserving of just the basics in life and there should be an identity to you that is separate from what you achieve and i'm gonna be a little bit vulnerable on here Um, And I do think that I'm always vulnerable with you guys, but this is a little bit more honest. I am afraid that after my master's, I will not have school to identify me with. Um, I've been talking with my mom a lot and just been like, like I'm excited to go back to school, but it's like, what do I do after that? You know, like it's a job, it's work. It's not necessarily like, achievements but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i'm really happy that i'll be finally getting be like paid for like my my brain (laughs) because this whole shit for free or i pay to use my brain i'm not for that (laughs) um but yeah just trying to figure out who i who am i outside of school who am i outside of you know the expectations that i may have for myself or that people have of me i think it's been a really like fun learning experience it hasn't been easy but it's been fun to find my hobbies again i've started reading again i you know made a podcast i get to share my thoughts about society and the world and things like that something that's not attached to achieving a goal and i love that because you deserve to be a person outside of you know achievements failures goals you know life is about the journey it's not just about achieving something because once you achieve it it's not really like are like oh okay that's it okay like <laughs> what else so it's just like learning to be content within what I am experiencing and, you know, just what's going on. So yeah, in self-perception, I, I kind of relate to the whole academic validation thing. Yes. Yeah, I did do an episode on it, by the way. But yes, Anza, what's your answer? Um,
1: I, I would say mine is a bit different because I know in high school, I didn't do so well when it came to academics. I did okay, but not so great. And I know it took a big blow on my um, self-esteem and everything before I went to uni. Um, and then eventually when I did go to uni, I did seek the validation from, from working, from being at school and everything. And I started getting the good grades that I always, always wanted. And I think for about, because now I've been in uni for about three, four years now. And I remember I was telling my mom that I was trying to prove to myself that I, I can do something. I am something. And this is who I am. And I had forgotten why I'd actually chosen the subject that I'd been studying. I ended up choosing, um, I was studying interior design before. And then because I was exciting so well in it, I was like, okay, you know what? You can actually study architecture. Because after high school, I thought I couldn't do that. Um, so now I've gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, let me move um and then i went to study architecture and i'm also still excelling in that however now i'm at a stage where it's not really about me excelling but more me understanding why i love this why i love to do this and Mm -hmm. now i've also given myself more space and time to explore other things on school and i'm happy with that i'm happy um going to paint i'm happy traveling from time to time because i remember like my first year in architecture and interior design. Um, a lot of my colleagues and my friends were telling me, Andrew, why do you work so hard? You never go out. You don't They do also anything. said that
0: to me. And i was yeah. like, girl, people are paying. People <laughs> are paying.
1: You know? Um, so it was just like um, something that, even though it hurts a little bit when they tell you, why are you studying so much? And you're like, why, why should not I be studying? I did take some moments to just like step back and be like, you actually need to live your life. Yeah. Your life can't be centered about around raising and excelling, yes that's great but also who are you when
0: outside of that exactly you know and i just wanted to you know touch on before we move on to the next question but i from your experience i wanted to ask because you once said this to me when i came to visit you oh you said that you feel like zim parents do not nurture passions that aren't conventional that's true. or passions that you know because my mom has always said do whatever the fuck you want, as long as you're passionate about it. And I feel like yeah. that's the best advice that she's ever given me. Like, yes, I may have been pushed in some kind of direction, but I chose my degree by yeah. myself or well, mostly by myself. My dad, I wanted international relations. My dad wanted international law. We made a compromise. Um, But I feel like that was the right decision because now I'm in a field that I'm excited exactly. about. I love geeking out about the little things and you know, just like all these things that, cause I feel like we're told to do maths, physics, chem. Exactly. I did history literature and geography i was very much an art explain and trying to understand the world i should have done economics as well but i was too lazy did business studies um but yeah like just doing things that you love and that you understand that may not be conventional you might not be a lawyer you might not be a doctor you might not be an engineer but that's okay if you want to be but as long as those are the things that you love to do you know
1: um i would like to say to any creatives who are out there from zimbabwe the creative community that's being created for you right now is your best opportunity to speak to your parents, try and convince them because now the options are limitless. Um, I know when I was in high school, I studied um, art for um, for A levels, and we were only two of us in our class, and both of us, um, I think, we would have wanted to pursue art, but already the Zim mentality doesn't nurture that. And I don't
0: think your school helps because your school yeah. is very much academic, academic, Acad- academic. Exactly,
1: yeah. you art wasn't really something that was like. you know but because of the few people that i had that were in my life especially my parents my parents really are for you pursuing your passions rather than going by the book or what the world tells you to do so naturally as you saw i even went to a country to countries people don't go for yeah you know so i think they really helped me like fall in love more and have the opportunity to explore like the creative industry and all of that
0: yeah there's so much space you do not have to be a cookie cutter type person i think Right now, there's so much space to be multifaceted and to delve into all your interests, even if they don't make sense. So yeah, to anyone listening to us, do not be boxed into what someone tells you they want you to be, you know? So yeah, I just wanted to, you know, let that be known. So our second question is how has the relationship with yourself in terms of self-love and awareness, how has it gone? Just like, you know, not for me, it's not being around people who usually affirm you, how has that, you know, transpired? being alone (laughs)
1: um personally you you guys know me i've always been a self-love hun i've never really been about relationships and all that so it's always been like a journey of self-love um i will say the journey never ends you are constantly learning about yourself learning to love yourself more learning to choose you and all of that and for me i guess i've just had my ups and downs within this journey because it's the journey that i chose to stick to um but yeah, I love myself. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. I love, that, <laughs> love to see
0: that. Love to see it, love to hear it. Panna?
2: I think I definitely share the same sentiment with Angie in that when I wasn't dating, I was building a relationship with myself yeah. and really trying to understand myself and you know, trying to grow that awareness of self. Um and I on top of that though, especially moving away, I think I've been so blessed with such with people who are unbelievably affirming. Like I am just surrounded by really kind people at my uni, like the friends that I've made, who will not lose the opportunity in the morning to say, "Hey, Panna, you look great today," <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. So I think that it's it's just people who who constantly affirm me, like combined with that effort of constantly trying to love yourself, especially in your mistakes and in things not going right. Um, I I do think that that it's I got very lucky there for sure
0: in terms for me I think I've always had a very strong sense of self so in a relationship outside of relationship and I think that has to do with my parents when I think about whose child I am and what they've overcome to be who they are today. I'm always given strength by that. They taught me, you know, to be proud of who I am, to, you know, move in the world as if the world was mine. Yes. Um, and that has made me really much like a go-getter, you know, someone who wants to do things, wants to achieve things, wants to break the norm. Cause, you know, even though things were hard, like my parents lived in Rhodesia, not Zimbabwe, you know, so colonial times. Um, yeah, it's just made me so much like, more willing to do things and to like achieve things and just to make sure that I'm leaving a path for other people who look like me to come into, you know, the space and to, you know, be hired at a student job or things like that. So for me, I don't necessarily think my sense of self is determined by whether I'm in a relationship or not. I, I still know I'm a badass bitch with or without a man. So that's like the first thing. Um, In regards to awareness and shit like that, it's like I don't know i think i'm more noticeable about the things that happen to me and i'm just more i don't know i i look at myself and i evaluate myself and i think that's so so important so the last question is how does it feel to be more independent
1: am i more independent (laughs) (laughs) i mean it feels good not to have to rely on anyone else especially when you're the other side it's just you and the people that you choose. It's yeah. not necessarily with the people that have to be around you and you know. Um...
0: yeah, yeah,
2: Pana? I think that I would say that i may maybe a little bit less independent now, but in the sense that I think I was over independent in the past and yeah. maybe a way that was unhealthy. And so I think that now I'm I'm learning more to rely on the people around me to, you know, yeah. get through life. And so, yes, I mean, in some aspects, yes, there is the independent, like, you have to cook for yourself and keep yourself alive and be just responsible. (laughs) Do the dishes. Do the dishes. Groceries. That's all on you. Clean up after yourself. It's all on you. But I think that, like, in terms of my, like, fundamental sense of self, I would say that I am less independent. But I think it's a good thing.
0: I love that. I love that. I can relate to that. I feel like I am so happy. Not happy that I moved out of the house or anything like that but i think i needed it because i needed to grow beyond my parents mm-hmm. you know sheltering and protection and take care of myself and do things like i'm not gonna lie i cleaned the toilet for the first time in 2021 or 2022 mm-hmm. no cow, no cow. like that's <laughs> the first time i cleaned the toilet like my mom made sure so that I, like i can make my bed i can cook for myself yeah. and i'm a good cook at that um but in terms of cleaning like deep deep cleaning the first time was like when i moved into my apartment i mean we grew up with like maids and stuff or helpers and it's just like yeah it's kind of not that it's kind of hard but like i think for men it's probably worse so like male children but for me i just had to step up and step up my game and make a cleaning schedule because i also do like a really clean space and i like having my order so i'm not entirely dependent on people who do things for me um but yeah that's been an interesting thing But yeah, you wanted to say something. another
1: thing is that you guys know that I used to have strict parents and everything. And something that I found within my independence is that you know the way I was never really allowed to go out that much. Mm -hmm. Now I have the freedom to go out, but I actually don't want to go out. And now I have to make other excuses to tell people I can't even. I can't tell people. Oh no, my parents said no because I don't live with my parents now. I'm by myself and I'm realizing a lot of things about myself and just like making my own choices without
0: having to depend on other people yeah no i feel like it's a it's a good but a hard thing because i'm also still transitioning outside of being a child and my mom always says that we're always going to see you as a child but obviously as a child that grows and does her own shit and like you know Mm -hmm. becomes her own person i mean them allowing me to live with my boyfriend and we are not married and that is very very much against our culture but the fact that they trust me enough to know that i'm making the right decision for myself and i'm not gonna lie i know so many people who do live with their partners and they don't say shit so at least i'm an honest (laughs) child at least i'm a child that tells her parents you know what's up you know so in that aspect i'm really happy that they let me grow and stuff like that but i'm still in this weird transitionary phase because i thought after i graduated they'd see me as an adult yeah no it doesn't work like that like you're still a kid and i'm still depending on them for money and shit like that so it's you know it's touch and go but what panache said i want to touch on that i do not want to be hyper independent anymore. I felt like in my first year cause of COVID I'd just gone there. I really was very hyper independent, yeah. but now I'm at a stage where because I found my tribe and I rely more on my family and my parents and my brothers and my friends, it's an easier way of living knowing that you don't have to do all this shit by yourself, you know, like yeah. life does not have to be harder than you like, than you make it, you know? So that's just something that I've been learning. Um, in regards to our final, final question, um, how do you feel about the future of our friendship is it at an end
2: (laughs) (laughs) um to be honest like i think we're in in it for the long run like i i I don't see a version of events where our friendship ends and that if y'all sleep
0: with my boyfriend or my husband fuck you (laughs) nah
2: that's (laughs) crazy that's crazy (laughs) Okay, yeah, those would be the versions of all events, but yeah. I, those aren't even possible, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do think that we're in, we're in it forever. Yeah. And I think that we will just continue to grow through Life. all the things yeah. that we yeah. grow and go through. So. And yeah. I think,
1: uh, just in general, just because of how our friendship is structured, we always speak about the future. So now, my future includes your future. So in my head, there's no way you're not gonna be there because I already see yeah. my wedding. Yeah. There's no way you're not gonna be there when yeah. my baby is there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. I
0: wouldn't miss those, you know, those things <laughs> for the world um i do feel like it is for the long run i feel like our friendship is very much affirming even though it's not perfect people make mistakes it's fine whatever um but yeah i do feel like i do have people that support me and i love that and i want you guys to be there for my happy moments for my sad moments for all my kinds of moments and i'm just very thankful for you guys and i'm so grateful that you guys decided to you know go outside of your comfort zone and come on my podcast and Thanks talk for, us
1: thank you. for almost
0: like two three hours i really do appreciate it um with that being said i am i'm hoping that you guys enjoyed this podcast um and if you want to hear more if you have any things that any topics not any things but any topics that you guys want me to talk about i'm so happy to talk about them just message me on my socials which are attached to um the podcast but besides that have a good day have a good week have a good life catch you on the next one ciao
2: See